You're listening to Radio Primavera Sound, proudly presented by Cupra. Welcome to the Weekly Review, the radio show, not the broadcast, the radio show that is available on demand where two adult men make sense of a world in disarray by keeping up with pop culture with the help of a gifted, bright, critical and savvy young Gigi. Our very own gossip girl, Captain Marvai, <laughs> is able to conjure up interesting theories based on the lives of the rich and infamous. This week we ponder about oversharing, the nasty habit of posting too much about your personal life on the voracious internet. To highlight this, we talk about the latest release from Rosalia and reggaeton superstar Rao Alejandro, Rausalia, the fiasca that made Twitter and TikTok hold its breath involving the daughter of Sofia Coppola and Phoenix frontman Thomas Mars. Depeche Mode have delivered what critics are calling one of their best late, car late career albums and more things on this The Weekly Review. Let's begin. Lovely when those little sounds come in. Uh, first off, I learned a new word on uh, or internet term the other day. Oh yeah? Yeah? Manosphere. Do you know what a manosphere is? No. I'll tell you. <laughs> a, a collection of websites, blogs, and online forums promoting masculinity, misogyny, and opposition to feminism. Manosphere, where men who hate women come together for support. Inherent gender differences are, are a popular topic in the manosphere. The androsphere is a vast, diverse network of blogs and forums. Please, spaceships, take me away far from this earth. There's actually a name for it, Manosphere. What, uh, what's this got to do with yeah, Rosalia? Same, I was yeah. thinking the No, same. I thought, because I'm trying to keep up with pop culture and new internet terms, I thought every but week... But this, uh, this is not something people <laughs> are saying. Where, is, I, where did, you, did you get that from? Like, I, I, I was never reading angryman.net. It's like incel chats. <laughs> it's what people used to refer well, to that, but I don't think anyone... His private incel telegram... Yeah. Uh, communication manosphere is not gonna happen i'm trying to remember <laughs> i think i was reading some review or something and they they referenced the 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 oh typical stuff that you read on the manosphere and i'm like what the mano what and i googled it and these are the things i came up with it's good to know the names of things you know because that way you can either ignore them or know how to keep away from them and stuff uh, what well, it seems kind of somewhat particularly inappropriate with this song because, you know, obviously Rosalie and Raul Alejandro have announced they're getting married and she was saying about him that he's like the first man who's ready to love and be loved or something like that. So he's kind of very much not in the manosphere. Oh, it's not related. It's just that this, <laughs> this is a show about an old, a, a man, a man of a certain age trying to keep up with... But this one was playing and we were like, okay, I know. But you Manosphere. said that the, the, the trend this year is the unexpected. Yeah, unexpected yeah. I'm uh, being unexpected. That was very good. Actually, uh, yeah. Okay, You're now let's of... talk about Rosalia <laughs> uh, officially. Uh, ben, you said it sounds like the Pesh mode. How? Uh, well, okay. What happened is obviously, <laughs> you know, we we have to choose an album of the week, and this week it was a particularly hard choice because both Rosalia and Depeche Mode are headlining the festival this year. And normally, yeah. if you got a new album from Headline, it'd be like, right, that's the album of the week, you know. Mm -hmm. But there were two. So, and there was also a new album from Lana Del Rey, and there was a new album, on a, a album excuse me, from Lancome. So there was a lot of things. So anyway, I was going into Friday, because I obviously do Friday shows. I was like, well, what am I going to play? And I was like, okay, I'm going to listen to Rosalia, I'm going to listen to Depeche Mode. So I get up very early. I can listen to both before, like, coming in in the morning. Yeah. And um, so I listened to Rosalia and Raul Alejandro first. RR, R-Infinity R. How do we say that? 
Yeah, I didn't even think about it. R oh, that's the logo. R -R. Ah, I didn't see the infinity symbol. Sorry. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and I was like, this sounds a bit like Depeche Mode. Now, was I just sort of like, did I just have Depeche Mode in my mind? I don't know. But no, I think it genuinely does. Um, the All of it. Because it's no. quite different sound. Promesa, no. Promesa, okay, no. Promesa, like, uh, it's like a, when, a bolero, they say. Yeah, yeah, which is really kind of sweet. But like uh, Vampiros, a lot. Yeah, yeah I'll I can give you see that. Vampiros. You know, you've got like those big gothic mm. chords and the, the kind of like the big synths. Because it's, it's post-industrial reggaeton. It's like the kind of stuff that Arca's doing. And uh, well, Neoper a lot of Neoperreo is this kind of industrial textured Kelmanduran. That kind of, uh, well, and, and obviously Rosalia with uh, Saoko. Uh, and a lot of it has to do with Noah Goldstein, who produces most of these three songs. In fact, all three songs, if I'm not mistaken, of, of this album. And Noah Goldstein also produced Eve's Tumors, a lot of Eve's Tumors' latest album, which also I could, we, we said it could coexist in a playlist with the Pesh Mode songs or the Cure's Disintegration Era, that kind of stuff. So I think it's kind of trending in like modern producers like Noah Goldstein, where they take sounds that remind of like goth or dark wave, but filtered into interesting combinations like reggaeton. Hmm, I like it. I'm on board for it. Well, I like the way on Vampiros, like the music really isn't that complicated like it's sort of i think it's like a three note kind of synth line but mm. it just sounds great it sounds like big like yeah yeah that's kind of like the right three notes that's the kind of thing that depeche mode kind of do as well sometimes it just sounds big and impressive and heavy and you know uh and i mean best a little bit because again it's kind of quite minimal um and has like those kind of looming synths in the background again you had no gold scene doing synthesizer i'm not obviously i'm not not, not saying that he, he was the one just responsible for it but mm. you know he had a kind of touch to it so yeah that's my my argument and then i was really hoping that depeche mode were gonna go rosalia but they didn't at all so <laughs> but I, I i really like it i think this is like it's just like is she only put out rosalia only put out a new album last year and then she did a deluxe edition and then she did uh lie like you love me which i wasn't that keen on personally I, it was good it was good it was good but it wasn't like, was that just the one, one of those one-off releases or yeah. was it part of a, a a marketing thing was it for a well, brand well they used it for the coca-cola for rosalia ah. thing but i think it was like a song she had like con altura was never in yeah. any yeah it's any like an in-between yeah. little thing it's yeah. like look i don't it's, it isn't part of the motomami concept it isn't part yeah. of it's uh, just a single uh-huh well first song in english as well Oh yeah. yeah, I didn't so, even think about. Yeah, um, and now she's come back with another three. It's like, hang on, hang on, wait a minute for Coca Cola, huh? Yeah, you know who had an incredible partnership with Coca Cola, oh, one of the most famous partnerships of a tour of promotion. Oh no, 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 Julio Iglesias. So Rosalia once again proves it? my theory that she is the new Julio Iglesias. Actually, have you tried? <laughs> have you tried the Rosalia Coca Cola? Yes. What? It's got a flavor. Yes, yeah, yeah. it's what? a different flavor. Yeah. Oh, she, she doesn't just She's, stick her name on that card. She's like got her own flavor. There's a Spanish expression saying triunfas más que la Coca-Cola. You triumph more than Coca-Cola because obviously it's one of the most uh, successful products in any market. You can go to the, the most remote village in some Sudanese desert and you'll find a, a vending machine of the desert of the, of the refreshment. Um, uh, sorry, well, did, uh, where did was I like going it? with this? Did you um, oh, yeah. What does yeah, it taste I, like? I was like looking for it like crazy because I don't even 
like Coca-Cola that much, but if Rosalia does something, <laughs> I'm gonna look for it. And and I was so excited that I found it like in the in the mall next to to the office, and I was so so excited to taste it. I don't know why because it, 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 <laughs> Rosalia was not gonna pop up and say Hi, thank you. <laughs> and, and it, I I I imagine something different. Like, what would you imagine? Have you tried it? Yes, I Damn have. It. Yeah. What would you imagine it would taste like if Rosalia made a Coca Cola with a kind of different flavor? Uh, smoke like a little bit smoky in a good way, like when they put like oh the smoky okay. flavor. I I imagine more more like um cherry like or yeah. more like acid. I don't yeah, know. I guess you do have cherry coke. Though. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Do they a, still make it in Spain? Because in England it you was still huge. buy it. You still buy it. I saw it just yesterday. I was in fond Spain. of it. I used to love yeah. it. Yeah. I don't know. Go up to well, the um, supermarket Arc de Triomphe. Any Cherry Coke fans? I got loads of it. Oh, okay. Well, I imagine something like that, like based on that, and maybe something special. But it's so sweet. Oof. Like Coca Cola yeah, 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 yeah. is sweet, but that's another level. It's like vanilla um, and cookies, Ooh. and and I didn't imagine that. I I but. wasn't. I didn't. Right. I didn't like it particularly. Mm. I thought it was okay. It was too sweet for me. It's a bit like you know how it's a bit more like Pepsi. Pepsi is unbelievably sweet. Mm. I mean, Coke's sweet, but Pepsi. Um, but my daughter, who is ten, said it was her favorite drink ever and <laughs> gave it like I gave it three oh out of five. Uh, th sorry, three point five out of ten, and she gave it nine out of ten. And she was just like, it was really good, and she likes the can and everything like She's that. She's a better fan than I am. But you know what's funny? Like I, because I was, I was really. You know, I really wanted to get a, a can of this. Oh my god! And then I like, saw they'd only brought it out in America and uh, in the United States and Canada. And I was like, oh what? And then one day I was just wandering around my local supermarket, and they had like absolutely loads of it, going like half price as well. I was like, well, hmm? did that happen? It was weird. Well, it's supposed to to be on supermarket. Did yeah, but like, why, was, why like... was it already half price? Oh, I don't know. It seemed a bit of a strange introduction. But, but it's well, it's funny because you know sometimes uh, artists get a little bit criticized for uh, partnering with brands or and stuff like that. But how like Aitana with the yeah, hamburger and no, stuff? No, but think I I'm not shaming anyone. It's like good for her. Yeah. But she in the last I don't know what few months she has a collaboration with Coca Cola, a collaboration with H and M because there is Motomami yeah. merge there. Mm -hmm. Um, a collaboration with Barça. Barça and a collaboration with Cupra. Yeah. And that's a lot of money. Yeah, that, that Masia has paid for already. <laughs> yeah. That, that Masia in, in <laughs> Mandresa, I mean, she's probably buying another one. Just, just with one out. of them, it would be done. Yeah. But uh, we said like in. four, five, like good for her. Like you can. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and she's putting out a lot of projects and I bet she's making a lot of money. Um, um, the RR. The tour, know. the Motomami tour. I mean, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's one of the most successful tours. It was it's still out. going. I thought it's still it's going. Like in Brazil well, at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Julio Iglesias she's level. doing the festival, Julio the festival tour now. Dude, she's bigger than Julio Iglesias. No, no, she's no. She's way yeah. bigger than Julio. No one is bigger than Julio Iglesias. Come on. <laughs> well, I wasn't finished, and and she's doing all that, and she has put um, the RR project that's doing amazing. And Raúl Alejandro, in an interview yesterday or something like that, said that they are both working on the next album already. It's like, take a break, take a break. I, uh, I don't want you to take a well, break, but at the same time, I feel like I, I want you to have... 
No. A life. Enjoy. Relax. Well, she's had fun. She went, didn't they go to Japan yeah, for a yeah, little Yeah, yeah, They escapade? always have fun. They always, they, even when they're working. But at the same time, it's like, oh, no, Rosalia, it's just, I, I don't know. I don't want to tell her what to do. Do whatever mm -hmm. you want. Yeah. So the, but you and, don't want it to burn out. Well, yeah. the, the one she's done with Cupra, I understand that it's, it's uh, produced by the agency, that we, uh, Primavera Sounds Agency, Vampire. And uh, apparently there's like, you send her a WhatsApp and uh, to a, to a number and she sends you a voice note back with like the letter of like you know she's got the letters of the alphabet yeah. in her own motomami and she's got her own definitions like a for yeah. whatever a de alfa altura alien <laughs> yeah even you know <laughs> 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 well, she's done that that's obviously in the in the advert as well the Cooper yes. advert yeah uh-huh yeah yeah and apparently the well some people say that the video clip the, or the the video advert is just another work of art you know if yeah yeah visually what did you think of the video clip for Beso Omar I loved it I don't understand the people that don't get it it's like the girls that get it get it the girls that don't don't and if you don't I'm sorry for you but if how could you not understand it it's amazing it's a it's exactly what it should be Because apparently uh, some people think it's like it looks like something that her sister put together with iMovie. But Ben, have you ever made like a little video edit of you and your wife's moments, like a little sort of cute video? Because <laughs> apparently me. it's a thing. It's a thing. No, we, like we, to we, make like maybe. cute videos of yourselves. No, we have a, we have a wedding video. If that's yeah, no, no, no. But I'm talking no, about ben, you going no. to the effort of or with your like iMovie. the iPhone when when you don't have an iPhone. I have an Android. <laughs> Well, there's like your phone sometimes makes you collages like when whenever it oh, decided yeah. like, oh, I put a, I put out this video for you. And it's like a vacation you did or, or maybe sometimes people. And and this is what the the Besos um, um, video feels like. And I love it. Not not like an iPhone made it, but as if someone who loves you very much made it for your birthday. I don't know. Maybe it's only my generation. But when you were when we were teenagers or younger it's like a birthday present could be like putting out um like a video montage of photos and and videos together and it was super cheesy but it hmm. was like a thing to show love to the other person and it's exactly what this um music video feels how, like how do we think how do we feel Uh, about real life couples making music about how much they love each other. I, that's what I was going to talk about this oversharing concept. Like, I, I understand that Rosalia is making a th an artistic thing out of it, right? And, and artists get away with that, no? They have a license to sometimes take their, their quotidianity. How do I say that? Day-to-day -day life? Their day-to-day -day life and make a, a, an album or a movie or, or, or a piece of artwork that you can see in a museum. I some when it's done right, I guess. Uh, I'm trying to think of examples in the Beyonce art world. And, and Beyonce Jay -Z, and Jay-Z. They yeah, had yeah. the Carters. The Carters, that was a good album. And that they, was a good joint effort. That was with drama that I really liked the there was kind of that After Lemonade. Yeah, that, yeah. That was really that was, was that really, before or after, after he got Lemonade. Becky with the after. good hair. Yeah. That was after Lemonade. After, which yeah. makes it more impressive. Yeah. And maybe it was like therapeutical for mm. them as well, so that's yeah. nice. But Well, I was I was going to say, like, I think um, some of because I was trying to think of some good examples of this, and some of the best examples are where you're like, are they a couple or are they not? Because I quite like that ambiguity. I'm thinking of like uh, Peter Gabriel and Kate Bush. You know, don't give up the song. Were they a couple? Don't know. 
Don't know. No. It's been rumored. No, it's been rumored. It's been rumored. And if you see them in the video, they're they're looking quite oh, yeah. quite fiery. Um, and uh, but this is like when Bad Bunny and Rosalia put out a song, and everyone was like shipping them, like, oh yeah, 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 they're together. They only follow each other on Instagram and blah blah blah. But shipping someone when Shippajan. yeah, <laughs> shipping someone when they make a collab is one thing, and the other is like a couple that it's obviously very out there like they are like Rosalie and Raul or um, Beyonce and Jay-Z making a, a joint project like mm. that's that's different I feel like yeah. let's see who, who, who are what are the famous sort well, of husband Nick, and wife do you remember Nick uh, Cave and Kylie Minogue Nick Cave and Kylie Minogue that was more kind of mystery I was actually looking yeah but at, they were together they were enough. I don't think we knew that at the time did we no um, so it was cheaper. Taylor Swift and John John Mayer yeah yeah the, uh, uh, they they uh, but they ca- they I, I don't think they I think, got together after and then she wrote dear John mm. I, I think well from from what I was looking up with and you know this better than me um it, that uh they never officially confirmed they're in a relationship is mm-hmm. that right possibly Avril Lavigne and Chad from Nickelback oh god they uh <laughs> they Iconic. yeah I've got some uh who, who else have we got uh, Alicia Keys Alicia Keys and Swizz Beats yeah, yeah, but he's a producer. He's not really. Well, uh, I mean, it's not the but same. But still working with your partner. Yeah, but like actually, like making a song about how you love each other and both of you singing, singing it together, yeah. you know, and being in the video together. That's the thing. It's like, it's okay. Rosalia can get away with pasteleo, yeah. like with being. She managed cheesy. to make like this character that it it fits her. It's not like what is she doing? Yeah. Like, well, it it really does fit her. It is a bit cringy in interviews when she's but, like super like the one with Ibai. She's like, ah, I'm scared. I'm super in love with him, and he's Rosalia's like next to her. character is kind of playing with the line of cringiness always. Yeah, yeah. Even when she's by herself, she sometimes says something that you could like say it was cringe, but at the same time, it's no, it's Rosalia. I don't know how to explain it. It's like part of the character, so it's. Yeah. I think it's intelligent to play with that line because. At, then you cannot be told you're cringy. It's like, oh, you haven't seen any anything by me because I'm always like this. Yeah. Like, it's like you cannot tell me that because I I perform that voluntarily. I have a bit of an apprehension with this because I'm getting a bit of Whitney Houston, Bobby Brown vibes in the sense of oh Rosalia is incredibly more talented than Raúl Alejandro. In Raúl the sense, is no, she's he's talented. She's way more. Well, I don't she's know. a supernova. She's more famous than Raúl internationally. Not just, but not just because of fame. Like her talent mm. uh, for making pop music and 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 this this superstar charisma that she has is way beyond his. And I'm but scared. He's very of, talented he's, as well. He's very yeah. big as well. Yeah. He's like yeah. kind of his. But you know how sometimes that fragile male ego, uh, like what it's like what happened with Bobby Brown. You know, he he couldn't. He was so jealous of Whitney's success and her, and it was just like the, there was just no ceiling, and she just kept rising and rising. At when you know when the Bodyguard soundtrack and the movie and everything was success, success, and he was his career started to sort of just not go anywhere, and then it kind of it's. You know, they started having arguments and this 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 horror, the most toxic relationship ever in, in music uh, came from a lot of that resentment. Um, so I just have that kind of apprehension I'm when there's really a couple of artists. About... Nah, I feel good yeah, about them. Yeah. I feel good. I mean, obviously, I've never met them. Never. I, I'm a bit concerned that they're going off to live in Manresa. To be honest, like, <laughs> Manresa is a great spot because if they were living in Miami or I don't know, which they probably have apartments in Miami, yeah. you know. And, or, she, and they, I saw a TikTok that she bought a place in Poblano. 
Oh my god. Yeah, and she's making it very like, like she's a, working like with, a workspace um, or living space. I think it's also a living space and and she is making it very like I saw pictures of like the architectural project and it's like very foresty like there's a lot of like nature inside the house and yeah. it's really very beautiful like a greenhouse she's working with elisaba i think oh with the yeah. with the, the the school of design elisaba yeah. in barcelona very good oh nice exciting so she has a lot of houses one of them being in manresa and i think there's nothing to worry about that it's a very beautiful like it's an, a historical i have a friend house. from manresa and she always says that manresa is terrible and you should <laughs> never go there and like she's from man and nothing ever happens in manresa so i've got a bit of a i've never been to be honest shakira recorded the music video of Monotonia in Manresa. Oh. So a lot of things happen in Manresa, yeah. actually. And, <laughs> At least two. And Kylie Minogue went to Manresa and, <laughs> Gwyneth, and Gwyneth Paltrow because that's the ba- that's where the jewelry brand ah, Toast, the, the famous Toast. jewelry brand that hires Gwyneth Paltrow as uh, her as one of her their ambassadors and Kylie Minogue. Uh, that's their offices, so you know Manresa is a happening place, uh, you know, just off the grid. <laughs> um, now that I've mentioned it, do we have time to talk about Gwyneth Paltrow's wedding? Oh, uh, not uh, the trial. The trial. What? Oh my! What, what, are what? you keeping up? Are with you that? not keeping up with the trial? <laughs> no, oh my sorry, god! That's, sorry. That. I mean, no, no. Hang on, no, no, no. Okay, does it tie in with the theme of oversharing? No, let's get. Let, yeah, let's but... not sidetrack. Anyway, uh, oversharing. Rosalia, she's good at oversharing. I think uh, sometimes it's a little bit like uh, take a break from from the share oversharing. You know, it's, too much success is sometimes a hindrance on someone's image. Sometimes mm. you need to. I don't know. Feel a little bit sorry for them or something. Um, but uh, does this bring us to yes. another thing that happened on the internet? Mar, t- feel free to tell us but about But are we listening to Vampiros now? Okay, let's listen. Banger, banger. It's so good. It really is. And this was mm. supposed to be the one that I, I liked the least and it's amazing. Like, oh, I love them all. Will yeah. he come out to sing with her in Primavera Sound? I mean, it's... You it's know. not project because then... We have to manifest. Uh, no, yeah, true. We have to manifest. But yeah, because everyone was really let down when she was performing the first time. The first time she performed that Primavera Sound, because she was on the same night as J Balvin, and they didn't come out on each other's sets to perform uh, Con Altura, which was a mis- or the other song that's on Vibras. But wasn't there like some rumors that they weren't getting on at that point? Really? Like no, that? there was a bit of heat on him because he. There was some kind of Twitter thing where he'd said something where he was getting criticized. I can't remember. Yeah, for his he being doesn't mu- have the greatest opinions on politics. Yeah, but anyway, but but that, that had nothing. But first, I don't know if it was just like a case of like, look, this is my headline show, my first Primavera. I'm just going to keep it me and my, you know, I'm not going to do any kind of. And, and he had his super show as well, which I don't know. I don't know what the reason was why they didn't. Collaborate. But well, anyway, but Rao, can, it's yeah, like, dude, you live in Manresa. Rao. I bet he's gonna be there. Oh my god, I'm so nervous. I don't know. I don't know he's gonna if he's gonna be there. He's touring as well. Ah, um, he's got his own tour. Yeah, 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 and his last album is 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 very good. It's very good. It's very it's very good. Anyway, so Mar, you have this. You've written a wonderful essay on An oversharing. Essay. <laughs> I'm back on my essay kind of flow. duties. Yeah, and we meant to pretend it's sort of off the cuff. Okay. Oh no, oh, no but I, 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 okay. I want to value her her writing, her her the work <laughs> oh, she's yeah, done. Yeah. To do, you, do people think I just come up with that on the spot? <laughs> <laughs> I know I wrote it down, um, but yeah, I because all of this 
and it makes so much sense because I started thinking this a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about Cold Sprouse or being mm -hmm. called her daddy and <laughs> not about the part of the cigarette and him being cringy, but the, the part in which he also felt the need to overshare, just like the, the chain smokers did when they went on Call Her Daddy too, and, and explain their sexual experiences yeah. and things that, that nobody wants to know, but they felt like the need um, to go deep into their sexual lives. And now, this week as well, in a more like wholesome way, um, Rosalia and Raúl also tie in with everything that I've been like thinking of, um, because they're big time oversharers, like they, they, they show us a, their relationship, it's not private, like um, Sofia Coppola and, and Thomas her, Mars, yeah, and Thomas Mars. Um, um, that they have a, a very like, there's people that decide like my relationship is, it's maybe known that I'm together with this person, but I'm not gonna um, like make it public. But in the case of Ra Rosalie and Raúl, even though it's not like they have their private times, they also decide that they have times where they overshare a lot, like we've seen. And also, for example, tying in with other people that make me think about this, Sofia Coppola's daughter, <laughs> she had an incredible TikTok go viral this week in which she like explained, um, well, it was her like sharing or oversharing yeah. um, what what she was doing. Like she explained she was grounded because she tried to hire um, an helicopter, like, um, yeah, rent an helicopter to go to see a friend in, in Maryland. Yeah. And she got grounded. And then she explained and she goes on, on, on like on a tangent and saying like, oh, my parents are never home. So um, this man who is the boyfriend of my babysitter parents me, blah, blah, blah. So that is also like oversharing. Like, and I was like, okay. There's and the video's what, like 30 seconds? 30 seconds. And, and like so much information so, is yeah. packed. Oh, so into you this. get so much uh, an idea of how her life is, so much in just like this. 30 seconds. It's it's, it was going to be like a recipe for making vodka vodka sauce pasta. And it's like a, a, a micro movie of like um, feeling abandoned by your parents and uh, how you so react good. by stealing your father's credit so card to go in a private helicopter to visit a friend, a camp friend, you know, not even like <laughs> some close school friend. No, a no, friend from, from summer camp, camp yeah. which is sweet. It's so sweet. It's like, it's, oh, she made a friend. I love teenage girls. Um, well, all of these... <laughs> Um, got me thinking uh, that there's something that uh, that is. I <laughs> are you laughing because I love teenagers no. because they're the future. I don't I don't want to marry them. But if you want me to say that, it, it would have been really gross if I would have said yeah, yeah me too. I can say it. Oh. <laughs> you can say that. No, I can't. <laughs> you you cannot say that. Thank you for not saying. For me the too. record, I do not like teenage girls. that's <laughs> I love them in the sense, in the sense of, that, that you love we them. Admire like them. I love the way they see We're the world and how they how funny they are and exactly. rebellious. Yeah. Well, all of this, <laughs> Sofia Coppola's daughter being iconic and all of this, um, I, I saw a tendency. And then I saw an article that basically said, like, yes, you're right, you're thinking um, what I'm thinking. Um, an article on this beauty by Laura Molloy, the, the author, mm -hmm. and, and she called this, what I was sensing, the culture of oversharing. Mm -hmm. And she was so right, because if our culture is something, is the culture of our sharing and I thought more than a culture it's like our society is in the late stage we're late stage confessing society like our society is a confessing society and yeah. this is the late stage of the confessing society like it's the most extreme one because La um, 
Laura, 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 Laura. I don't care. Um, no, I do care, but I, I can. You get the sense. Um, she wrote um, specifically about a. Fe- um, there's like a, a trend on TikTok where people um, are getting super personal, like way too personal over sharing, um, while getting ready. Like um, they, they, the, the kind of videos are called "Get Ready with Me." That you get the sense that it's people getting ready. Um, and and while they're getting ready, they they tell you the normal get ready with me videos is like I tell you what kind of makeup I'm using, yeah. or or how I do my but hair. But it's not a beauty tutorial. Kind of, um, it's like a, a walk through. Um, get ready with me um, to go to the Grammys. So okay. I get ready. Like so, I'm gonna use that because um, in photos it looks better when you were, um, wear these, or or I'm gonna put my hair on a ponytail because blah blah blah. And mm-hmm. you go and you walk through the steps that you're doing to to get ready while you're recording yourself. Yeah. And this is like a normal kind of get ready with me videos. But um, there's like this trend now um, where people are getting ready, but there's like a new um, element added to it, which is that they talk about something very deep about their lives, or or they they show themselves as extreme. Like they show there's a, a layer of extreme vulner- vulnerability to it that in normal get ready with me videos there's it could be just just that you don't yeah. have to say anything about your life. But people have decided that. Mm, they want to talk about their life and, and you can see get ready with me and um, let's talk about my fentanyl use and fentanyl it's oh. like, yeah and and it's very interesting like I, just, I watch them like and it's a girl who used to be a model and and she got like with um, her ex-partner and and they got addicted to fentanyl and and how her day today was affected and and while she's getting ready putting mascara doing her hair mm. and she's explaining get, oh, there's also get ready with me and um, to break up with my boyfriend and and she's like I'm getting ready because I I found out that she's che- he's cheating on me blah 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 and she and she comes uh, explaining um and while she gets ready um, to go to a funeral, I've seen to go to jail, which is very Whoa, get ready with me to go to jail. Oh my <laughs> and, god! And like, of course, there's there's a, a day if you're sentenced to jail that you have to go there and be like, okay, I'm here. Hand yourself over. Yeah. Um. Uh, or get ready with me post depression episode. There, like a layer of intimacy and vulner- vulnerability. That's extreme. Like the, these are like real cases, and there's a lot. And in the article, um, the the author says that this sense of intimacy of getting ready, like being in your bed, like it's added. Like normally, it's a bedroom or or a bathroom. So it's this. It's also the 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 space that you're surrounded with mm-hmm. is very intimate. Yeah. Like um, what's more intimate than your own bedroom or or a bathroom in in girls' world, I feel like it's bathrooms are also like a very a place of of confession. Like if you go to a club, um, the girls' bathroom is like almost like a, a like the most confessional intense space that you can be in. And the author says, what's changed is that it's now hyper visible. Like yes, it was a place for confession, confession and stuff, but it was private and now it's hyper visible the very boundaries between what we traditionally understood as public and, and private have blurred so mm. that's what makes come like something that made sense like you you are in your bedroom with your friend or alone with your diary or just talking to yourself mm. but now you have a camera and you 
use it to do the same, but and then you're like breaking the fourth wall and and yeah. talking to the public directly, and and that the the thing that has changed according to the author um, and get ready with me are not the only um, videos it's not like oh suddenly this trend appeared and people are oversharing oversharing on tiktok has been like a thing i don't since it began no because it was mainly dancing and stuff but for a long time <laughs> like there's story times and and this was on youtube as well so it's not only tiktok it's it's the internet um right the story times is like the same, but without the getting ready part. It's like you put a, a phone in front of you and yeah. you record yourself explaining one of the most traumatic events or something um, embarrassing that happened to you or like cheating scandals or or something that's kind of intimate that you would be explaining to your friend or someone who is very close to you, but suddenly you're putting a phone in front of you and explaining it to the whole World Wide Web. Hmm. Um, and, and like it's a normal FaceTime, but with everyone in the world. So that's the, what that makes you think, okay, what has changed? Because that's not kind of normal. Like it is normal, but it's not normal. It's You can see there's a shift because I'm not your friend and I suddenly know your husband cheated on you for during three years with your mom or something like that. <laughs> and like there's extreme stories. Um so what has changed? I don't think this is like, oh, TikTok appeared and suddenly everyone had the urge to um, explain everything and this is a complete shift that doesn't make sense and it came out of the blue. No, this is actually makes a lot of sense and it's just another step on a evolution that we have seen forever or at least like Western society has always been structured um, surrounding the, the act of confession uh -huh. and now I'm going to be like a little bit of a like stupid person that cites uh, like uh, people but Foucault <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, this is radio Foucault. I love it name drop Foucault <laughs> yes. you don't get that in a broadcast do you <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> The year, I'm going to play the intelligent... It's been a long time since I played the intelligent character. Um, well, Foucault <laughs> has a whole study on it, and, like, and he calls the, the Western man the confessing animal. Does like, it have anything to do with the Catholic Church? And Yes, oh, ah. we're coming. So, um, very good. <laughs> you, you get a 10. <laughs> um, so, um, Foucault says that the Western man is the confessing animal, and it's... And, the way Foucault studied things is going back in history and seeing how this can relate where is the early stages of um, this confessing animal or or other studies he has on power, on, on sexuality and all of this. He uses like the historical way. So he um, how the, did we arrive to the late stage confessing society? He obviously doesn't talk about TikTok, but it's you can take <laughs> what he said and and make it further. So obviously the first stage um, of this confessing animal that we are is the little literal sense of confessing when when you think about it, like to a priest, like you go to church and and you go to the confession thingy the confession booth no the, I, don't, yeah. I don't know i've never, I've never been yeah, confessional booth. how's that called like a booth yeah, yeah i don't the know confession booth the, the, yeah. yeah in spanish confessionario uh, the confession yeah confession yeah. stand <laughs> no, no, there's no the booth. it's not a stand but because it was kind you've of private in films you know where that you in, yeah, yeah. Like, I, yeah i know i know wooden you mean, kind of yeah. i think you just say you're going to confession don't you and you don't sort of like no, it, it must has, be called something. Yeah, everything yeah, in a church has a name: the pyre, the 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 altar, you know, the booth. 
the, well, yeah. that's the, the, the literal sense. And, and when you think about what the most stripped down um, sense of confessing, you think about like a priest or, or the confession booth. And if you were... A confessional. A confessional. Okay. Okay. Um, and, and you would go there one-on-one um, -on -one with the priest and you would say your sins and he would say, okay, you should do that to achieve forgiveness. And, and that's the most primitive form. Well, he actually goes back to like Greeks and Romans, but I didn't want to go into that because <laughs> we don't have that much time. Um, <laughs> however, that obviously um, there's a time where it evolves like the secularization of confession when happens when psychoanalysis, psychology, medicine, pedagog pedagogy, 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 pedagogy. Yeah. I don't um, know how to speak. Pedagogy. Where is the accent in that word? Pedagogy. Pe Pedagogia. Pedago uh, pedagogy. Well, Pedagogical. Pedagogical yeah. okay. studies, um, literature, everything, all of that had like hold more truth to society than religion did. So um, it's not like, okay, so we don't trust religion now, um, confession is out of the table, we're never confessing again. No, it, that's just um, evolved in a way in which um, the priest, the, what you understood as the priest, would be maybe your friends, your family, like you would tell your mom what you did wrong some, or something that was worrying you. And, and you that's also an act of confessing or with your friends or like, oh, I... I I don't know about my relationship with my boyfriend. I don't know what sh should I do or I did that or I did whatever that it's also confessing. A lot of times when we're with friends, like having a coffee or something, it, it's basically a confessional thing going around. Like everyone just goes deep into what they're worried about or, or stuff that has happened to them. So it's kind of the, the new age confessional was um, people close to your life um, mm -hmm. that you felt... Um, that you, you, you could take out the, the deeper side of you to them. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't stop there. It's uh, it, it could feel like, oh, I still do that. Of course you do that, but there's even more, like even another layer. And and as we approach like these later stages of confessing society, the factor of exposure comes into play. Because in the last two, um, the privacy aspect of it is very important, but Exposure suddenly becomes a thing. Intimacy is not a, like a mandatory rule for it to be a confessional thing. And if you think um, reality shows, there's the confessional, like there's a literal um, part of it, like Jersey Shore, um, Big Brother, and yeah. um, whatever. There's a, a, a very important part of the show where the confessional goes on. Like it's literally the same word, and, and it shows how important it is to us, like for people to confess, to say the deepest thoughts, the like, yeah. darkest thoughts they have. Or Oprah, she has Lindsay Lohan saying she's addicted to coke um, and confess everything you did wrong and you've been to jail and you're bad and you have to confess your addictions to me, but I'm the priest. But at the same time, everyone in the world is going to be the priest to like, and we're going to judge you and, and tell you how you can achieve forgiveness. And then that's also not the final, like the final stage, because then we got internet, and internet allows us to like be as public as someone on TV, um, within like the privacy of, of our homes. Like you don't have to be Lindsay Lohan, or you don't have to yeah. like join a reality show to be able to gather like a big audience or someone that reads whatever you're saying. Yeah. And at first, when inter like 
as a confessing animal, one of the things that we used internet for was confessing. And for example, you go on Reddit or there were even apps for it where people confessed weird, weird things um, on an on an anonymous level. But at the same time, they were confessing and they were saying very like um, dark stories or or things like dealing with addiction or dealing with whatever in you can find anything really. But then the final last stage that we're in, and this brings us back to this kind of TikToks and stuff, um, is that the the part of it being anonymous because you're not really a famous person, so mm-hmm. you go um, and do it on Reddit or on an anonymous level. This has also disappeared, and now you can be a random from Minnesota, and and you do a video and you show your face, and you can are easily identifiable. But you do the same, um, and and you confess, and 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 you show yourself, and you expose yourself in a very raw way, and you post it, and and then there's that, and then maybe you're confessing that you didn't know your three-year-long boyfriend was married and had a whole other family, and then the wife sees that, and then she teaches the video and tells her part of the story, and then you see this whole plot with people and faces, and that. You don't know because they're anonymous people, and you have this huge information. And in <laughs> and in the article, um, the um, the days article, um, she interviewed the author interviewed um, a few people that did this kind of um, content, yeah. and, and they said one of them said, "I'm definitely a better person after having documented it. After having documented whatever they're gonna like explain or whatever." And that's basically what Foucault said. Sorry, I'm an intellectual. Um, um, and and he said that this need to verbalize everything, like I I'm addicted to fentanyl or I was or whatever. This need to verbalize it um, has become the central method through which people make themselves visible to themselves, but also to others. It's people only come to know who they are through verbalizing it like i can only understand who i am as a person if i say everything like i i i strip myself down if not if i keep it to myself and i have um some secrets or things that i don't want to maybe talk about hmm. um this is if you keep it to yourself then it's not known then it's you you cannot know yourself and it will eat you inside they always hmm. said yeah the, the kind yeah. of idea of that you have to expose everything yeah hmm. and and basically all this and um, this need to overshare is like why do we need to overshare so much it, it, or this need to confess it comes back way to the this christian this christian roots because it um the tiktok or lindsay lohan or the person who goes to to the priest, they all have in common that this need born is born out um, of the incapacity of being able to distinguish good um, from evil by yourself. You need someone, a priest, your friend, everyone on the internet you're to sure. tell you you're good, you're bad, or to tell you something. Um, you need the approval or punishment or whatever it is um, for you to understand and, and move on. And, and so you need others. You're always understood in relationships to others hmm. it, it's like am i the asshole have you come across that 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 site what basically so it's a site you bet you go on and you like you, you sort of say okay uh my friend has got a spare room in his house and he said i can go and stay in it but he started to charge me a rent uh which is below the market rate but i didn't want him to you know 
but I didn't want to pay rent because he's my friend. Am I the asshole? Basically, okay, and uh, and then you, you subject it to public yeah, opinion. Yeah, yeah. People are like yes, yeah. you are, or, or no, you're not. It's very democratic. Isn't it's really it? good. Ever since I discovered it, and also. that would be also part of the like confessing need that we have. Like we need, I need you to tell me whether it's good or bad. I need you to tell me like what what you think of the things that are happening to me. Yeah, especially if there's like healthy engagement and people like don't just troll in the comments section and they're like, well, you know, I have something happened, something similar happened to me and I dealt with it this way and that. It's nice when internet is a public forum when there's respect and, you know, smart and rational dialogue. But when, yeah, it's a delicate, it's a delicate thing to play with. But But later stages is like the most extreme one. So I don't know where... Where, how more extreme we can go from here? Maybe it's it's gonna become more like gory, like everyone judging you even yeah. in a very bad way or something. I uh, I I don't know. I feel like to me, I cannot imagine a later stage than this one. Like people show anonymous people showing their faces and and being identifiable, explaining very dark things. Not dark, but things that you I wouldn't have to know. Because um, if you're someone like anonymous, you know, it's it, it, think of people at work, you know, if you live mm, in a yeah. small community or in some small town and, mm. and, you know, everyone then knows some dark secret that you've shared in a moment of vulnerability. But then after like a month, people like be- get to the stage of making fun of you for. Yeah, it's, saying, it's a, you know, a risk that they're very easily go- willing to go through it. It's it's. A, and that's what uh, I think it makes it like such a late stage because maybe before you had a balance like or maybe I shouldn't because I, I can be criticized for or maybe people are going to make fun of it. But I don't think these people really care like they they prioritize sharing. See, I've got a sort of counterpoint to this, mm-hmm. right, which is British people. Um, (laughs) which we don't share very much right but commonly and also we uh it's technically i mean it's not really a very religious country but technically it's a protestant country Mm -hmm. so we haven't you know well i don't think technically it's either but anyway there was a long history of protestantism which obviously doesn't have um you know doesn't have confession and i myself i I sort of tend to think i undershare more like i don't say anything personal on social media in fact i was looking back at my sort of you know, Instagram account. And it's, it's basically like, I wrote this, I wrote this, I wrote this. Mm. And I sort of, um, and a lot of people I know are, are kind of like that as well. A lot of British people I know kind of don't, don't. Yeah, I, I regret a lot of things I've posted. <laughs> like I cringe a lot at my own stuff that, or stuff that I've put in comment sections and stuff. It's like, oh, you know, I don't even think that anymore. And and it's there and yeah, I can erase, but, you know. Something I think you're still on the like wheel of confessing like maybe you choose to be on the layer of like maybe just friends and family or whoever you choose to explain your things to but still it's like almost impossible to not be somewhere on the wheel like i don't post tiktok saying oh yes um i don't know things that very personal to me i could because it's a stage that has been unlocked i feel like it's things that go that start being unlocked and and you can choose where to go but the thing that this one has unlocked is crazy because it almost feels like it goes against the purpose of confessing because it feels kind of secret the word confessing but now it's like no now it's not a, a an in, a mandatory thing 
for confessing to be secret. It's it has now become like a, another another thing. But still, you have to be somewhere on the wheel. But you know, I mean, going back to the the, the video of Romy Croquet uh, Coppola <laughs> Mars, uh, it, it's 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 so beautiful because uh, they they. One of the things that they, as parents, they've tried to apparently yeah, they tried enforce to, on her yeah. is to not have a public social mm. media account, you know, to escape the criticism oh. for being a Nepo baby or, you know, they're very discreet. And it's something that Tomas Mars, he's got that th that noble thing of that the people from privileged families come, you know, where they're super discreet. It's like, look, let's not show off our life, you know, let's just... Uh, just show off the work, you know, mm -hmm. with Phoenix, whatever. I'll do all the interviews and talk about the music and stuff, but none of his private life. It's very hard to f dig up information about Thomas Mars' family. Uh, Sofia Coppola, the same. She just, she only just came to Instagram as Sofia Coppola uh, recently, but just to publish photos of her film shoots, you know, that she's taken. You know, so she only uses it for work. She doesn't. Well. Share her her own life, and all of a sudden they've got their daughter who's rebelling as a teenage girl does by um, uh, rebelling against her ground her ground <laughs> being grounded yeah being grounded uh, in the in the best way possible, which is where it hurts the most. I'm going to show you a piece of our home. I'm going to let everyone know that I feel that you're 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 never here and that you're letting babysitters raise me, and I'm I'm making a sauce with vodka, which means I have access to alcohol. I. <laughs> I okay. I there's just a small part of me, yeah, that thinks that that video was kind of a setup that her parents <gasps> knew she was doing it. No, no, just a small part. There's just like a. Two it's percent. too good he, to be set up. It's too good. And I don't think he's the kind of guy to even raise his voice. Like he must be like just. Uh, Romy, pourquoi? Mais non, mais non, c'est mal. I mean, what do you mean you don't know the difference between a shallot and a no, an onion nobody and a cares garlic? about that part. <laughs> that is so really offensive, does. especially for a couple <coughs> to not know the difference between two of the most primordial foods for the base of any great sauce. Uh, there's a scene, and a memorable scene in The Godfather where... Michael Corleone, the Corleone family have received threats, so they've got all the hitmen at home protecting Michael and the family. And meanwhile, uh, they're cooking a pasta sauce, and it's like, "Come on, Michael, I'm going to teach you how to make the ragu." You know, and and you know, Francis for a couple is like religious about his food. To have a granddaughter who doesn't, who posts that she doesn't know the difference between a garlic and a shallot uh, and 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 the onion, and she has to send her boyfriend, her babysitter's boyfriend, out to shop for her. Mm -hmm. Oh, is it because she's grounded and that's why she has to send a messenger to go out shopping? Or maybe she doesn't do the grocery shopping and the people, the staff do it. See, so many questions still. And I've watched this video like five times and the new questions still arrive. Genius. She's a natural filmmaker like she her is, mother and her grandfather and her cousin and her and uncle. And <laughs> and family, yeah. Everyone. Family of, of filmmakers. Shall we uh, listen to a song? Yes. Uh, what on earth was it? It was Depeche. I uh, know, of course, it had to be Phoenix, didn't it? Phoenix <laughs> with uh, After Midnight. Ah, but Ben, we only have uh, seven minutes left to talk about our album of the week, which also has some very gorgeous synths like this new version, updated version of After Midnight from Phoenix of their Alpha Zulu album featuring Claro. Uh, but now let's talk about album of the week, Memento Mori. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Uh, Ma, you, you're young. Did you Did you listen to this? I, want to I I did listen to it. Um, I must say I haven't. I have the last 
couple songs to still to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I did like it. To the extent where when me and Johan are going, oh, let's go and see Depeche Mode, are you going to go, yes, definitely, guys, I'll go with you? Or are you going to go, no, I've got to do something else to do? Depending, <laughs> like, if you make me choose Rosalia or Depeche Mode, no, 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 they're not on the same night, are they? No, sure, Rosalia's no, headlining no, yeah, one night. They're both headliners. Yeah. Well, if if it was the case of someone that I admire as much as Rosalia, I would say, oh, yeah, maybe. But I, I am, I want to see them um, live. Yeah. Uh, what, Mar, how do you feel about men who are almost 60 wearing waistcoats <laughs> with no T-shirt underneath? Because you're into fashion, you you you. What are do you they, think? Of? Are they? Oh, that's that's always that's been the iconic look, especially of Dave Gahn. You know, he performs What? in chalecos, like waistcoats. Nah, he looks good. He with looks no good. t-shirts, he, good. he makes it look good. Like and and Mar- there's a photo of them performing a, a a recent concert presenting Memento Mori, and they're both wearing waistcoats with no t-shirts underneath. Okay, It's yeah, a yeah, difficult yeah, yeah, look yeah. to pull off, especially when you're such an you know almost. What sixty? Gore's turned sixty, I think, um, and uh, they managed to pull it off. But it's it's. it's they it. I was easy. willing to to slander them, but I, I'm seeing the pictures and I approve. I approve the waistcoat. I mean, uh, it, Martin Gore even has one that looks like it's a mariachi one because it's got these kind of little <laughs> yeah. like borlas, these kind of sort of white buttons Those on sequins. it, and sequins and stuff. Anyway, uh, the album is produced by James Ford, who has worked with them previously. Uh, James Ford, of course, uh, very well known for producing all of the Arctic Monkeys albums since Favorite Worst Nightmare. Uh, and he's also coming to Primavera. You know? Yes, yeah, on solo. his own, yeah, solo, yeah. but as a DJ or as no, or, he's got like a, a new sort of uh, musical M- thing. Musical project. Yeah. Whoa, okay. And one thing that uh, I really, th- that really caught my eye in the whole story of the making of Memento Mori was the fact that uh, Richard Butler, the legendary frontman of Psychode- the Psychedelic Furs, a band which was kind of, uh, came up at the same time as Depeche Mode in the 80s, uh, wrote uh, a lot of the songs that are on Memento Mori, including Ghosts. Uh, Ghosts Again, which is the the standout single. And uh, it's the first time that Martin Gore, who is the main chief songwriter in Depeche Mode, has worked with an external um, artist or a songwriter uh, outside of Depeche Mode. But apparently before the pandemic, Richard Butler reached out to him saying, hey, I've got these songs that I've written that I thought that you might like for to, to work on together, maybe as a side project. But then Martin thought these are actually very good songs. I, I'd actually... Th- think they're good enough to work for Depeche Mode sent them to Dave Gahan and that could have been uh, something that might have made Dave Gahan feel a little bit insecure because Dave Gahan and Martin Gore have always had a bit of a, bit of a tense relationship when it came to the songwriting mainly because Martin writes most of the songs Dave sings them and I think Dave Gahan years ago had a bit of an existential crisis where he felt like oh I'm just like your puppet kind of thing you know where you're you're writing the songs and i'm you know i get it's like what am i just this guy who comes and sings and it's like mate you're one of the most amazing front men of the last four decades you know it's like that's enough sometimes all you need to do is just get up on stage and do that magic but i guess he had this necessity to prove that he was also uh, an artist capable of writing songs that he could perform as, as himself and he, he demonstrated it on his own solo albums which were decent you know paper monsters and hourglasses they weren't bad uh, they've gone solo albums um so i like that they've 
uh, well, anyway, Gore had this external help, uh, wonderful results, but Dave has also written songs for this album, which is uh, something that only started to happen since their previous album, Spirit, and the results are, are very good. I, re- I think it's their best album since Playing the Angel, which oh. was 2005, and uh, I really enjoyed it. it. It's made me, I kind of like it's kind, kind of small in a way, you know, like mm. I think bands like often like, particularly bands are used to playing stadiums just go bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. And something like quite quite refreshingly small about them um which which i kind of really enjoy and um before we drown is absolutely gorgeous like the kind of song which is playing um at the moment uh and it's also it's quite sort of i mean there's been a lot of music like this after the pandemic you know talking about mortality and death and that kind of thing yeah um but like that it's kind of a subject that depeche mode do very well and it kind of suits them very well and i really enjoyed it it's one of the like i think um this might sound like i'm underselling it but i'm not like often with a band that's been going for this this long you're looking for like their new album if it's got two really good songs and you can put with their best it's like well, that's enough and this has got like about five mm. that can go go with their very best which is pretty impressive um and i'm really looking forward to seeing them yeah whether, whether you two go with me or not yeah <laughs> I, I i was I've, as, as much as i love uh synth synth pop and 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 dark wave and stuff it, they've never been my favorite band of the canonized ones of the genre but i was watching a few videos of their recent performance and i was getting into it i was getting into like dave gone's energy uh martin gore the way he also performs on stage it's really good i have to say their song caroline's monkey has been described by pitchfork as nick cave with a drum machine but gone's vocals remind me a little bit of david brent from the office when he brings his guitar into work you know with those kind of like lyrics that tell a story about uh, uh someone you know and uh, i don't know a little bit cringy a little bit but other than that uh I've got to be. I've, I've been. I've been watching the re, uh, the forums of Depeche Mode, and um, a lot of Depeche Mode fans are a little bit. I think that song is the one that they don't like quite so much on the album. Mm-hmm. I've got to say that's the one that's getting a lot. But generally, people are very, very uh, up for it. Depeche Mode headlining Primavera Sound, Barcelona and Madrid. Uh, make sure you get a ticket if you haven't already. Can I go wearing a waistcoat over a bare chest? Oh God, Ben! That's please. That's, <laughs> I, I, and you have to do if we're interviewing people the day that they're playing. You have to do the whole interviews that we're doing, like wearing that. Is it all right if a little bit of sort of tummy pops out? <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah, that's Dave Gunn has no tummy popping out. Uh, <laughs> neither does Gore. So that's the way to pull it off. But a little bit of tummy with a waistcoat and no t-shirt. Attractive, eh? Attractive. Ooh, dangerous territory. You've enjoyed another episode of the Weekly Review here on Radio Primavera Sound. Thank you, Andre Ignat, for the production work. Make sure you stick around for Victor Trapero on Heavy Rotation. Coming up next. <laughs> 